Support for the Lincoln Project podcast comes from Odoo. If you feel like you're wasting time and money with your current business software, or just want to know what you could be missing, then you need to join the millions of other users who've switched to Odoo. Odoo is the affordable, all-in-one management software with a library of fully integrated business applications that help you get more done in less time for a fraction of the price. To learn more, visit odoo.com Lincoln. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash Lincoln. Odoo, modern management made simple. Hey all, it's Reed. Tucker's out, Biden's in. It's gonna be a busy spring here at the Lincoln Project. I hope you'll tune in, share it, rate five stars. And now, on with the show. Welcome back to the Lincoln Project. I'm your host, Reed Galen. Today, I'm once again joined by Claire Atkin. She's co-founder of Check My Ads, an independent watchdog nonprofit that's reshaping the digital ad tech industry by cutting disinformation off from its lifeline, which is ads. Claire, welcome back. Hi, Reed. It's so good to be here. Okay, so uh, a couple of things. Before we get to the big news of the week, tell us a little bit about Check My Ads, when you got started, remind everybody what you've been up to and the kinds of bad guys you've helped cut off. I don't have to tell anyone listening to this that we are in a disinformation crisis. Journalism has been cut by 30,000 jobs in the last 10 years just in America. Internationally, newsrooms have been cut by half in terms of digital advertising. They're just not getting the resources they need to journalism. But at the same time, disinformation is thriving. We know that Fox News is doing well. We've seen The Daily Caller do well. We've seen The Daily Wire do well. All of these sort of media institutions have cropped up over the years. And the reason for that is that it's very profitable to do so. It's very profitable to run a disinformation outlet right now because of the way digital advertising works. So at Check My Ads, what we do, we're the ad tech watchdog. We interrupt the business relationship between the publishers of disinformation and the ad companies that are sending them ads. And so the ad companies, let's just be clear that you know, big corporation A isn't buying an ad directly on seditionist two, right? How does that work a little bit? So advertisers are promised big things from these middlemen companies. Advertisers want to reach your eyes, consumers' eyes, and they have people to help them do that on what we call the digital supply chain, so the internet. And on the internet, these big companies, these like middlemen companies will promise advertisers reach and click-through rates when people click on those ads, and they'll promise something called brand safety. So advertisers the world over have said, hey, listen, don't let my ads sponsor bigotry, xenophobia, the irresponsible or insensitive. When a publication is taking a wedge issue and using it to drive a division in society, advertisers have said, don't let us be on that website. And so these middlemen have promised a standard, and we're finding over and over again, that they are not adhering to that standard. So the middleman, they're putting ads on, you know, Dan Bongino, old friend of yours and mine. You mentioned Daily Wire, these kinds of places, but they're not necessarily telling the sort of family brand, right? The middle of the road brand, the ultimate consumer brand. Oh, by the way, we just dropped $25,000 worth of advertising on this guy who believes that the 2020 election was stolen. They're absolutely not telling them. I mean, last year we ran a campaign called Defund the Insurrectionists. 
And we identified the six people who had made the biggest amount of money from ads by publishing the big lot. Dan Bongino was one, Glenn Beck, Steve Bannon, Charlie Kirk, Tim Poole, and Tucker Carlson. One by one, we wrote stories to our marketing audience about how these companies were still working with these insurrectionists. And one after the next, all of the ad tech companies ended up dropping those websites because they're not brand safe. Once it's out in the open, advertisers are like, we had a deal. And so it just breaks the business relationship. I'm not an attorney, jailhouse lawyer at best, but where does this cross from poor business practice into fraud or does it? Because if you've promised me, you know, Claire, if I come to you and say, look, I sell gym equipment, it's a family business, yada, yada, yada. We don't want these kinds of things. And you say, sure, sure, sure. But you go do it anyway. Now, haven't you broken a contract with me? We're finding that advertisers, these big Fortune 500 advertisers, are dealing with this on a case-by-case -case basis. We are encouraging advertisers to advocate for themselves, to check their ads, first of all. It's not that easy to do it. These ad tech companies, they don't want to show where the campaigns actually went. So they check their ads. Once they get that data, they figure out where they are, and they're demanding refunds. And they're saying, listen, like we had a deal. You promised a standard. You're not reaching it. If you don't fix this right now, we're going to move on. As for fraud, I mean, that certainly exists. Well, let me put it this way. It's very high. And ad fraud in general is slated to be the second largest organized crime industry by 2025 in the world, like second only to drug trafficking. It's enormous. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, that's the topic of another show. We'll have you back for that one. But I guess my question is this, is that, you know, in my younger days, I did plenty of work for corporate America. And if there's one thing I know, Claire, is that these people were very concerned about their bottom lines, right? That they had to answer to somebody a rung or two above them on the food chain, on the org chart. Marketing, I assume, is one of those, like advertising or any cost center in corporate America, right, is probably always under the microscope, especially for, okay, we're going to go spend a million bucks on, you know, digital advertising podcasts because it's the right demo. They tend to be educated. They tend to spend a lot of money. But, you know, if you go back to the CFO or whoever your controller is and say, okay, what was the result? And you're sort of like, well, I asked the guys we used and they didn't tell us. That doesn't seem to me like that would go over well in the C-suite. So these big ad tech companies, they've been doing whatever they want for the last couple decades. And then this idea of brand safety came around. And brand safety, again, is this idea that you don't want to sponsor things that are bad to be associated with. And all these brand safety tech companies decided to also start up. And so now there's a cottage industry where they're like auditing the campaigns as they go out. But we're finding that the fraud and the irregularity of that industry as well is a total mess. And so we're actually finding that you can't automate your way to brand safety. You have to decide at the business level who you're going to work with and who you shouldn't. This whole industry is rife. Now we're starting to realize that we need to audit the auditors and advertisers have had it up to here. They're very frustrated. Right, well, consultants of the world must be dancing because one more thing for them to sell product to. All right. So let's speaking of brand safety. So let's talk about this. The media slash political earthquake yesterday, Claire, was that Tucker Carlson is gone from Fox News. He was fired. They can say they came to an agreement. But according to the L.A. Times and other outlets, you know, they booted him out. Remember that Friday night he said, I'll see you on Monday. 
apparently there was an editorial meeting going on when he got the news from Suzanne Scott that, you know, he was out. And let's just talk a little bit about brand safety there, too, because if you ever watched Tucker Carlson, and a lot of that is brain melting if you don't spend a lot of time with it, the kinds of advertisers he had were gold, bomb shelters, my pillow, Patriot Mobile, right? Run of the mill, middle American advertisers wouldn't go anywhere near this guy because Fox always relied on its carriage fees with cable companies, which we can get to later because it's mind numbing in itself. But what's your sense? What's your take on Tucker being out? So much has happened in the last five years that it's hard to imagine why he hasn't been booted earlier. You know, an entire insurrection, for instance, should have been a turning point for this company. It's unclear why exactly he has been booted. It could be because of this defamation lawsuit. $787 million is a lot of money, especially when the next lawsuit's coming down the pike. It could have been because of gender discrimination, gender harassment. It could have been for any number of reasons because he has proven himself to be a sort of a 360 degree bad guy. He does harm in all directions. For this particular case, we think it's interesting that it happened on a Monday. We think that it's interesting that Fox News has decided to make a really big splash with this announcement at the start of a week. And we're watching very carefully to see what that indicates. You know, it's interesting. So you get a guy like Carlson who probably, first of all, who knows the last time he was actually in a Fox building, right? He was either in Maine or Florida, wherever the heck it is he lives and has his studios. But he probably went through his day Claire thinking, no one can touch me. I got the run of this place. And the thing is, is that's true until someone like a Rupert Murdoch decides to remind you who owns the radio station. And it's the guy that owns the radio station, not the most popular DJ. Now, there will be downstream, I assume, political and financial effects from this. But the truth is, is that five nights a week for years, this was an individual who was happy to lie push Russian state propaganda to such an extent that they featured him on their airwaves in Moscow, that, you know, he was happy to peddle things like critical race theory, the great replacement theory, right, that, you know, those people are going to come after all the white people. And obviously, as you said, after the 2020 election, he knew, Rupert knew, they all knew that Sidney Powell and all these other people were full of it, that Donald Trump had lost, that Tucker Carlson loathes Donald Trump, still to this day, I assume, even though you know he had to bend the knee a couple of weeks ago. And so Tucker has always known better. You can say a lot of things about him. He's not a dumb guy. He's well-educated. You know, this was a guy who, you know, I went to one of those fancy DC dinners not that long ago, Claire, where, you know, everybody's very dressed up. And even this was in the, during the Trump administration. And it was still hail fellow well met, right? He was still getting lots of hugs, lots of backslaps from Washington, DC. And it was sort of like, I'm in on the joke, you're in on the joke, but the rubes out of middle America really aren't. Tucker Carlson has so many sides to him. And when you meet people who have spent time with him, he's reasonable, he is very charming. And compare that to his sort of yelling, insincere personality on air. He's very much an actor in who he is. And he has a lot of space now to think about what comes next for him. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting going back to the 2020 thing is that the reason why they were all willing to lie, this all goes back to something that you and Nandini Jammy, your, your partner, discussed, which is the only thing any of these people really care about is money. 
And they knew that if they didn't go along with the big lie, that because Trump was still in the Oval Office while this is going on, he's still on Twitter, this is all pre-January 6th, that if they, right, they'd already gotten a big strike in Trump's book because they were the first ones to call Arizona for Joe Biden on election night, which caused a whole massive tumult inside Fox News, that these people would go elsewhere, that they had other places to go. You named some of them. There's OANN, there's Right Side Broadcasting Network, there's Rumble. I mean, they pop up like mushrooms after a rainstorm. And so he's always been willing to do whatever it took to keep the audience, which actually makes him very Trumpy in that regard, which was there was no line he wouldn't cross. There was no line he wouldn't say to keep those people in his thrall. And it's interesting now that he's gone, you see that on social media, especially amongst the Trump fanatics and the MAGA fanatics is I'm done with Fox. They sold him out. You know, I'll go wherever Tucker goes. And so if Donald Trump is the leader of the MAGA movement, Carlson has been its tribute. And they are very sort of, I don't want to call them symbiotic because Trump can certainly live without Carlson. I'm not sure Carlson could necessarily live without Trump if they went to war with one another. But it's interesting to see that, you know, maybe some of them leave Fox, right? I mean, do you really need to watch another hour of Fox News at 10 o'clock if it's Jesse Waters or some other goon they put in that chair? Because it's not going to be the, they say, oh, you know, they'll have to come up with the same sort of rhetoric, but it won't be the same. If I were Fox now, I would really be considering how to stay in power. Fox has a lot of money and they want more money. They also want to choose the next president. That's been Fox's role to sort of move the Overton window further towards the extreme for so long. And it's going to be interesting watching them right now. The conversation that I see online right now is about how Fox is independent of its hosts. How, because it has so many hosts, yes, Tucker was this golden child, but there are so many more who can take his place. And we cannot let up on Fox right now. They are a propaganda machine. They are here to do harm. They are here to act in bad faith, publish disinformation, and they are not cleaning up their act with the firing of Tucker Carlson or Dan Bongino last week. We know very well that we cannot trust them to relax at this time. And I think that's an important thing because you talked about how, you know, Fox and the Murdochs want to be the person who can choose the next president. And here's the thing about Trump is that Trump is 100 percent transactional, right? He will take all the shots he wants at Fox for saying Tucker was this icon of the MAGA movement. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? And as soon as they start saying nice things about him, he'll be back. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. And so that's the difference is that, you know, he knows that a lot of those viewers are there because they're spouting this particular line. And to your point, we had this conversation yesterday when we were talking is Tucker's gone. Dan Bongino's gone again. He's quote unquote brand unsafe and he's unsafe in every other way, probably. But this is, you know, maybe they want to clean up their act, right? Maybe that's what they're doing. You know, they're trying to, to use your expression, to move the Overton window back towards the middle of the building as opposed to out in space where it is now. But to your point, you can't really do that and hold into your audience. And that's what I think so much, I don't even want to call them, they're not conservatives, they're not Republicans, but that's so much of what this sort of right-wing media ecosystem has created for itself, like the Republican Party, which is they have made a deal with the devil and you got to choose which side you're on. And of course, they always choose the side of the devil. If you choose the side of the angels, your audience disappears, you're out of money, you know, whatever the case might be. And so just like Trump with the movements that's now moving past him, Fox might sort of stand up and, you know, pretend to fly right for a minute, but it's only a matter of time before, you know, 
Joe Biden you know, announced his reelection campaign this morning, and they'll be after him for every other bit of craziness they can come up with. Any propaganda outlet wants advertising. Advertising helps to get the money, but money is only one of the recipe, one ingredient. It's also helping to get them data. Once you're tapped into the digital supply chain to the advertising industry, you can get incredible data about who's watching and who's susceptible to lies and hate, who might be undecided voters. You can target people better and better when you have access to this industry. And ads also give legitimacy. So right now, there has been this massive proof point, as if we needed it, we don't, that they intentionally lied for months and months, and it led to violence at the Capitol. Dominion Voting Systems has quantified the harm for just them, but what is the harm to society? We haven't even been able to quantify that yet. And they need, in order to keep this machine going, they need advertising, they need ads, they need dollars, and they need data to keep going. And this is a time when advertisers are watching Fox very carefully for how much to spend over the next year. It's when cable companies are deciding to renew Fox into their repertoires. This is the time that we need to act. All right, so let's take this, and I'm gonna try and explain this as simply as I can for my own benefit, not even for those watching and those who will listen. So the idea here is this, is that you own Claire's Cable Channel, and I own Cable Town, and you wanna be on my, you know, on my network, and I want you on my network. And so we're gonna to come to a deal which is I'm going to offer you a dollar a subscriber to be on my thing. And you're going to say, I don't want that. I want $2. Okay. And so for every subscriber, Claire, whether or not they ever watch Claire's cable network, you're getting two bucks. And that's really been the secret of Fox's ability to not need traditional advertising is they get such a premium from the Comcast, the Cox, the Verizons, and everybody else for those subscribers because they watch for hours on end, their numbers are big, that they have been able to live on really the largest of the cable companies rather than, you know, Procter and Gamble or Frito-Lay or whoever it is. But now Tucker's gone. And with that exit, there's I think a tacit admission because of course they'd never make an explicit admission, Claire, that like this was a bad guy, like we needed to move him out. Why is really immaterial. The fact was even at Fox, Claire, he'd done something that was beyond the pale. And who knew they even had that there, right? Considering all of the people, Bill O'Reilly, Kimberly Guilfoyle, all the people they've had to pay settlements on, Roger Ailes, right, over the years. And so now, you know, Rupert and Lachlan have to go back to Comcast and say, okay, and I'm just making these numbers up. Okay, look, last time around, you guys paid us seven bucks per subscriber. And now we want nine. And Comcast is going to be like, eh, I don't know. You guys are a lot of trouble. You're a lot of trouble. So how about this? We're going to give you four. And they're going to say, no, 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 we need seven. They're like, we're going to give you four or five, whatever it is. But the likelihood of it being less than it was before could be a big thing. But here's where you guys come into play, Claire, and other folks like Media Matters and everywhere else is to put a public affairs campaign on the cable companies to say, don't give these guys what they want. You have a choice now. You can make. You can help the country writ large. Remember, AT&T got rid of, was it OAN, right, after lots of pressure. They basically helped birth that thing, and then they ultimately got rid of it. I think DirecTV, since it's been spun off, might have been put back on. But 
Like, does Comcast want the trouble? Because what Comcast wants is regular subscribers paying their bills month in and month out. They don't want trouble because a lot of people have already cut the cord, so to speak, cut the cable. And if somebody's like, you know what? Like, I don't really need all that stuff. I can go to Hulu and I can get my live sports or whatever, but I don't want to pay for that. You know, maybe if it's a thousand people, it's not a big deal. But if it's a million people, Comcast is like, wait, 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 what's going on? Exactly. So if you're a person who still has cable television in your house, Fox is trying their best to force you to pay more for television in order to subsidize Fox News's disinformation. So Media Matters has put forward this campaign called the Fox Fee. Nofoxfee.com is where you should go. Your provider is likely in negotiations right now with Fox. And so you can actually say to them, hey, I don't want my cable bill to go to Fox in any way. I was speaking about this with our team this morning, and they were like, wow, Fox is in so many lawsuits. They're having to pay out to Dominion. They're having to pay out sexual harassment claims, gender discrimination claims. They have so many penalties to pay. What it means is that you're paying for it, even if you never watch Fox. Right. And look, they've got Smartmatic, the other voting company coming down the line, which I assume that Smartmatic's desired settlement will be $787 million and $1. But, you know, this also, you know, the internal workings is, you know, oh, people are like, oh, they can write it off their taxes. Okay, but they still got to pay for it. Maybe some of it gets deferred by an insurance claim. Right. But their insurance is going to cost more or they might have to self-insure, right? Like these are things that have real tangible effects. You know, what the Murdoch's one is the best of both possible worlds, which is what they used to have before this, right, Claire, which was they could go out and have their people say whatever crazy ass thing they wanted to. They got away with it. And then they scooped up the billions of dollars a year that, that came from it. And, you know, they got to say, well, we helped elect the president of the United States or whatever the case might be, or we pushed this agenda. But now how does it look in a post Tucker, post Dominion world to you? I mean, how does Fox do that? Because again, they made a choice a long time ago to be on the wrong side of justice, on the wrong side of the light. And now they've got to sort of explore this world. Again, Rupert knew what he was doing when he did it, and he chose to do it anyway. Now, again, he's 90 years old and he's worth a gajillion dollars, so ultimately he doesn't maybe care. But he made the choice, and now they're going to have to live with the consequences. The truth is, is that most Americans think that extremism is bad. We are so far beyond like a left versus right conversation now. It is very much a conversation of moderates, practical people within a reasonable spectrum against extremists. And the extremists are being radicalized by racism and xenophobia and conspiracy theories. And a lot of that is coming from Fox. Fox is the biggest megaphone in the world for this kind of rhetoric. Advertisers are seeing that and consumers are seeing that. And consumers, we pay a premium for products. We don't want any percentage of what we pay to go into advertising for these companies on Fox. We don't want anything to go to what we call the disinformation economy. There's a whole ecosystem that feeds the Fox machine. All of these other companies like OANN and Newsmax and The Daily Wire, all of them are building out conspiracy theories, building out disinformation narratives that help to move this machine forward. This economy is run just like any other business. You know, there are business deals being brokered. And the way that we see this is that Fox is going to truck along and do their best to maintain and grow their power. What do they need for those things? They need ads to build legitimacy. They need data to better target people. And they need money to sustain and grow their operations. We can interrupt all three. The cable, nofoxfee.com, 
is the cable company campaign that everyone here should go to, nofoxfee.com. And at Check My Ads, checkmyads.org slash fox, you can sign up to get action emails, to understand the disinformation economy, and to contact ad exchanges to say, hey, listen, this person is brand unsafe. Why are you working with them? Let me ask you a question less about the advertisers, less about Fox and its hosts, and more about the people that watch and listen. Because there's no shortage of these channels. Some of them just stream, right? They don't have a terrestrial presence on your television. Their podcasts are everywhere. But who are the people that make so many of these things even possible? I mean, Claire, in order to have a market, you've got to have somebody purveying something and somebody buying it. And there doesn't seem to be any shortage of consumers of this stuff. How is it that this market can sustain so many of these people? When I say disinformation economy, a lot of folks, they think of Facebook. You know, they think of social media because that's where people see all the disinformation to start with. And social media is monetized through clicks. And the fact is, is that when you hate bait someone, if you say, you know, your life is bad because someone who doesn't look like you is doing a thing, and you click on that link because it, it makes you feel a certain way, then the social media is going to privilege that content forevermore. We have seen this again and again. This is a conversation that went back a decade where we saw the proliferation of disinformation thrive because people were clicking on it because it was new and different and weird. Not because it was good or interesting, it just tickled our lizard brains. Disinformation does not make money on social media. Disinformation makes money when people click on those links and go to an outside website where a dozen or so ad exchanges are waiting to serve them ads. Why is this a big problem? It's because social media has amplified disinformation for so long and because those clicks, they work to go to the websites and then they get tons of ad revenue. It's profitable. Well, yeah. I mean, look, to your point, we don't see any shortage of proliferation of this stuff. We also don't see, you know, the other side, you know, aside from the advertising is we also don't really understand or have a sense of just how much money flows into this from investors whose names we'll never know whose amounts we'll never see. But when you talk about a Dan Bongino or a Tim Pool and you look at where these guys are, you know, are broadcasting from, Claire, it ain't their home office. You're in your home office, I'm in mine. These guys have these tricked out studios. There's a lot of money flowing through this. And, you know, it, it scares the hell out of me. And again, I think the advertising is one piece that can really put a dent in these people. But then there's the other piece, which is, you know, we use dark money in a political context. This is in a media context, which is there never seems to be any shortage of it. It's true. We have to control what we can control. And the things that we can control are cleaning up the ad tech industry for fraud, cleaning up the business relationships, and taking away the ads that give data and legitimacy and money, even if that money is not going to be a big dent. For instance, last summer, we started a campaign called Defund Fox News. We weren't talking about the cable shows. We were talking about foxnews.com. Foxnews.com, their digital assets account for an estimated 5% of their overall revenue. But this industry, the ad tech industry, digital advertising is a weapon for propaganda. They get ads, they get money, and they get data. And Tucker Carlson runs once, maybe twice on air on cable. But his shows live forever on Foxnews.com. And they are a continuous stream of revenue, even if it's just 5%. It still counts for a lot 
And it gives incredible legitimacy to have brands there. The same brands, by the way, who have totally avoided Fox News on cable for years are being put by default on the website. Well, let me just say this to you and your entire team. You guys are doing incredible work. And I want to say thank you for joining me today to discuss Fox and how they make their money. And hopefully we can starve them of some of that and make them feel some pain. Before I let you go, where can our viewers today and our listeners find you online? And where can we find Check My Ads? The first and most important place to go is checkmyads.org slash Fox. Sign up for action emails there. Anyone who works alongside us and anyone is welcome is called a checkmate. Our company is called Check My Ads. We welcome checkmates and checkmates can do all kinds of things to sort of build the party around making sure that we can dismantle the disinformation economy as fast as possible. So that's checkmyads.org slash Fox. On Twitter, my name is Claire Atkin. My business partner, Nandini, is Nandoodles. So please look up Nandoodles. My personal name is Kat the Kin on Twitter. And then we're also at Check My Ads HQ. As always, gang, you can find me on Twitter and TikTok at Reed Galen and on Instagram at Reed underscore Galen underscore LP. Claire, thanks so much for joining me and everybody else. We'll see you next time. Thanks again to everyone for listening. Be sure to follow and subscribe to The Lincoln Project on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or however you listen. Don't forget to leave a five-star review. To connect with us, follow us on Twitter, at Project Lincoln, and for more information on our movement, to join our mailing list, subscribe to our newsletter, or make a contribution to our efforts, visit lincolnproject.us. If you want to message the podcast directly, please send an email to podcast at lincolnproject.us. And if you want to personally join the fight to save our nation's democracy, visit jointheunion.us. For The Lincoln Project, I'm Reed Galen. I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.